Welcome, and thank you for joining us on the City Point Church Sermon Podcast, where our desire is to help you follow Jesus. We are so glad that you are here, and wherever you are listening from, we believe that God has something in store for you through today's message. Well, find your Bibles this morning. We want to turn to God's text, and we want to learn and grow together. And we will be in John chapter 3, which is where we have been the past two weeks. This will be our third week in a row in this particular paragraph. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, there's one underneath a chair very close by in one of those racks. You can use that copy of God's Word. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, please take that Bible home with you. That is our gift to you. And page 835 in that Bible will get you right to John chapter 3. The title of today's message is Christmas Light. Christmas Light. If you've been following along with us the past several weeks, you'll know that two weeks ago we started in verse 16. We preached verse 16, the entire message, and then last week was 17 and 18, and now today we'll, be, we'll pick it up in 19 through 21. I want to do this just for the sake of context. Let's read this whole paragraph. So we're going to start in verse 16. And then we will get to our text for today, which is verse 19. So follow along with me, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And here's our text for today. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Here's the big idea for this morning's portion of this text. Christmas is when Jesus illuminated the world. Christmas, this time of year that we have come to love so well, Christmas represents when Jesus illuminated the world. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things about the Christmas season is the lights. Growing up as a kid, I remember I was always the one that would do the decorating. For whatever reason, other people in the house didn't seem quite as interested. And so we'd get into the December months and as time was ticking by and nobody else was willing to do it, I would get up into the attic and I would bring the boxes down and I would begin setting up the Christmas tree. And I didn't just set up the Christmas tree. I would take the lights and I would string it all around the, 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 the top of the wall right near the ceiling of our living room. And then I always loved, like late at night, everybody else was in bed, I would come out into the living room and I would turn all the regular lights off. And I would turn all the Christmas lights on, and as a kid, I would just sit in the room. And there was something about the glow and the warmth and and the the hope and the joy that those lights would bring. I love the lights. I love the lights of the Christmas season. This past week, our family, we went to a subdivision in Gilbert. Maybe you've heard of this subdivision. It's called Agritopia. If you are like my five-year-old son, it's called Avatokia. But for everybody else, it's Agritopia. 
And so Agritopia was farmland that they developed into um, a subdivision, and there's some homes in there, and street after street after street after street in Agritopia is just decorated in lights. And if you're new to the area or if you haven't gone to Agritopia, you need to do it this week. Just walking those streets and seeing those lights, it just does something to your soul. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without light. But not just the lights that we string on our tree and hang on our homes, but the light of Christ in our hearts. And the need for light in this season is predicated by the presence of darkness. You see, when Jesus came and when he was born, God had not spoken to the world for 400 years. For it wasn't, it wasn't, it was 400 years prior to that advent, to that coming of Christ when God last spoke through his prophets. That means 400 years of silence, 400 years of waiting, and 400 years of growing darkness. And so it was to the world of darkness and to the world of waiting when the light of Christ came. So Christmas is when Jesus illuminated the world. The ancient prophet Isaiah said this about the coming of Christ, that when the Messiah would come, Isaiah 9-2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. So what we're going to see in today's text is there is and there was an overwhelming presence of darkness, but we will also see the overcoming power of light. Christmas is when Jesus illuminated the world. So the question that we want to ask of this text is what does the light of Jesus offer the world? When Christ came, when Christ entered, what did that light bring? What does that light offer to the world? And we will see three realities of that light here in this text. If you're writing some things down, if you're keeping notes, it's going to look like this. Number one, the light of Jesus reveals the reality of humanity. The light of Jesus reveals the reality of humanity. This is in verse 19. And this is the judgment, John writes. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. You see, light calls it like it is. Light doesn't change reality, it simply illuminates it. If I were to turn all of the lights off in this room, I might be able to, to, under the cloak of darkness, convince you that this t-shirt is green. Or maybe a dark navy blue. But as soon as you turn the lights on, the judgment is clear. This is a black t-shirt. The light calls it like it is. And so when John writes, he says, the judgment has come into the world. Judgment simply calls the reality as it is. And we might sit in this text and we might be a little confused after last week because we learned that God did not send his son, verse 17, to, to condemn the world. But now we're seeing that through the light, judgment has come to the world. But there's a difference. There's a difference between coming for condemnation and coming for judgment. Jesus did not come to condemn, but he did come to call it like it is, to reveal the reality of the world as the light of the world. See, judgment is neutral. Judgment can be positive. Judgment can also be negative. It's like an umpire who's just calling what the pitcher is throwing. That pitch could be a strike. That pitch can be a ball. That umpire is not throwing the pitches. He's just calling it like it is. 
So when light comes to judge, light is neutral. It's just revealing the reality of the human condition. But while judgment is neutral, the world is not neutral. And we sat in this some last week as well, as we saw that the world that Jesus came to was already condemned. And we see it again here in verse 19 when it says that their works, the works of the world that the light illuminated, the works of the world were evil. So judgment really provides some clarity. It establishes that this group of people are believers and this group of people are unbelievers. This group of people are in the light and their works are good. And this group of people are, un, are in the darkness and their works are represented by what is evil. Judgment is God making the fair and right call in response to the actions of people. This is not the same as God coming to innocent people and declaring them condemned. That's not what God came to do. That's not why God sent his son, Jesus. But he did send his son as the light to reveal, to, to make known the reality of the condition of the world. And so Christmas, this time of year that we celebrate, is when light entered the world. So verse 19 says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. So how did the world respond to this light? Well, he continues, the people loved the darkness rather than the light. So God pulls open and draws open the curtains and lets the light shine into the world and the world pulls the covers over its head. You see, our eyes can adjust to the darkness. And we don't like when that light starts to shine and so oftentimes we respond even similarly to how the world responded to that light. We don't want to see what the light is revealing. And so when the light came into the world, the light did not cause the human condition, it simply revealed it. But here's the reality of light. Hating light won't fix your mess. Hating the light doesn't change the reality of your condition. Maybe you've done this before where you've gotten home late at night after a long day and you flip on the switch, the light switch, and you realize that you left your house a mess when you left in the morning and there are dishes in the sink and there are clothes that still need to be folded and put away and the kids' toys are out or your dog's toys are out, depending on which one you have or maybe you have both. And you left that morning in a hurry and you come back at night and when you turn the light on, you just revealed the reality of your mess. And so what do you do? You turn the light off and you go to bed. <laughs> because there is this sense that maybe the darkness will just make the mess go away. Now I know some of you have a very strong conviction against that and you don't even like that I use that as an illustration because you would have never done that. You would have cleaned up the mess before going to bed. But for everybody else in the room, the rest of us in the room, Sometimes we just want to turn that light switch off because it revealed the mess. But the reality is darkness doesn't make the mess go away. Because the next morning you wake up and the light of the morning sun is coming through the windows and you come back to reality. And so don't love your mess so much that you're willing to remain in darkness. And the reality is you might be here this morning and you've been avoiding the light You've been avoiding even coming to a space like this. And it's been a long time since you've been in church. You've been avoiding conversations about God because you know that your life is a mess and you don't want the light to reveal the mess. But don't love your mess so much that you want to stay in the darkness. Because the darkness doesn't eliminate the mess. It just covers it. It cloaks it. It maybe hides it a little bit, but it doesn't take it away. And so what does Christmas do? 
It provides this light and it shines this light. It reveals the reality of the human condition, but not to keep us there. And so if you're here this morning and you've been avoiding the light for this very reason, listen, friend, there is good news that Christ came as light not to reveal your mess, to keep you in that mess, but to help you to understand your need for a Savior from that mess. But the first step in dealing with the mess is letting the mess be revealed. Being honest that you're not okay. Being honest that your life is not all put together. But recognizing that Christ has come to be the Savior of the world. The light of Jesus reveals the reality of humanity. It just turns the light on, folks. It didn't cause the mess. It just illuminates it. But number two, the light of Jesus also exposes the works of unbelief. The light of Jesus exposes the works of unbelief. This is in verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. In other words, they continue living in darkness. They continue living in their life of unbelief. They do not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Light doesn't lie. It exposes. And when it exposes, sometimes it exposes things that are good. Other times it exposes things that are not good. But it exposes because light doesn't lie. And when we resist the light, it's because we don't like what it's revealing and exposing. And so what does it say in verse 20? They were remaining, they were not coming to the light because it was revealing that their works, lest their works should be exposed. Now the word works here in this text is not speaking of religious deeds or religious works to try to earn favor and merit and standing with God. The, the works here represents their entire life. It, it is a lifestyle that is represented by that which is against God. And it explains it in some pretty strong terms. Their works are evil. They're doing wicked things. Now, Instagram today proves that we are really good at only sharing with the world the best version of our life. And so we, we filter and we stage and we kind of scroll through our phone for the best picture with just the right angle, with just the right lighting, and then we edit it to fix it even more, and then we post it for the world to see. Here's the best version of my life. I heard about an app recently, some of you probably have this, it's called Be Real, and that app gives you a notification randomly throughout the day, and you have two minutes to post when you get that notification, so it kind of is maybe an attempt to, to fight against the Instagram world of just the, the best parts of your day, but you still have two minutes. Folks, you can, you can clean up a lot in two minutes. You can fix a lot in two minutes. But when the light of Christ is revealed and when the light of Christ comes into your life, it doesn't just expose the best part of your life. And it doesn't just expose the two-minute warning part of your life when you've got just 120 seconds to clean things up. It exposes everything about your life. The good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff you're proud of, the stuff you're not proud of. Light exposes our works. And for the unbeliever... It's revealing that their, their life, their very lifestyle is a lifestyle of unbelief. They are living a life that is contrary to God and walking away from the light. They are not coming to the light because they don't want their works of unbelief to be exposed. Now we come to a passage like this and I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I, I wrestle with texts like this and it's, it's hard 
When you read verse 19, you read verse 20, and you see that the works of the world, they're categorized as evil, and they're living in darkness, and you might be thinking, man, John, I've got a coworker, and they're not a believer, but I wouldn't describe their life this way. This seems like some pretty stark terms that the Bible uses to describe people that have not put faith in Christ. Is this really the reality of the condition of unbelievers apart from Jesus? And if it is, why? Well, there are two reasons that this is the reality of those who are living a life apart from Christ. The first is because we are born in sin. We are born in sin, which means that this is not a comparison of your coworker and you or your coworker and me. This is a comparison of your coworker and God. What's happening here is we are seeing the comparison of the sin of humanity up against the holiness of God. And so there is it, it is it is just as different as light and dark. And so we are all born into sin. Sin is not something that we grow into or fall into. It is it is an identity that we possess because we have been born into it. And that is the reality of the human condition which we see even here in this text. We were all born into darkness. But the second reality that causes this to be true is that we are also blinded by Satan. We are born into sin and we are blinded by the king of darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, listen, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. There is an enemy. And we sang about it a moment ago, the reign of darkness is over because the kingdom, the kingdom of light has arrived. But the reality is there is still an opposition to the kingdom of light The kingdom of darkness is actively working against the kingdom of light to try to keep unbelievers blinded lest they should see, lest they should come to the light of the gospel and put faith in Jesus and be forgiven. So there is an opposition and there is an enemy. And he is lying and he is deceiving and he is blinding. And so as we go to a world this week They might be good people and they're in a holiday spirit and they're giving gifts and they're showing love and they're trying to do their best. But the reality is they were born into sin and they are being blinded by Satan. And so it it is only through the miraculous good news of the gospel that they can be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we are the light bearers. We are the ones that are commissioned to take that news to the world. So what should our response be as as Christians this morning, as, as believers, as those who have been transferred to the kingdom of light. Because darkness no longer defines us. Evil works no longer define us. What should our response be? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven So if light exposes the works of unbelief, light also exposes the works of belief. Understand this morning that darkness is not a presence. Darkness is an absence. In other words, you don't turn darkness on, you turn light off. So if there is darkness, it is because of an absence of light. The only way to overcome darkness is simply to shine a light. And it can be the dimmest light. It doesn't have to be a super bright light. You may not feel like you are the greatest representation of Christ or that you've got all of the answers to all of the world's questions, but you can still shine. 
even as a flicker of light, representing the very light of Christ that is in you, and you can make a difference. I heard the story of a shoe cobbler, and this shoe cobbler had a very vivid dream on Christmas Eve. And in that vivid dream, God showed him and told him that Jesus was going to come and visit his house the next day. On Christmas Day, he was going to have a visit from Jesus. So that shoe cobbler got up the next day, and boy, that dream was just so vivid in his mind. He just, he believed it to be true, and so he baked some bread in anticipation of Jesus' arrival, and he cleaned up his house, and he even put on a few extra Christmas decorations, and he sat down at his kitchen table, and that shoe cobbler just began to wait, because he was just absolutely convinced, Jesus is coming to my house today. Well, after a couple of hours of waiting, there was a knock at the door, and there was an elderly man who was at his door out in the cold, and and he just, he just needed some warmth, and so that cobbler invited him into his house. And when that man came in, he noticed that the, the, the older man's shoes were worn. And the cobbler thought, well, I can do something about that. And he reached up on his shelf, and he grabbed a brand-new pair of shoes that he had made, and he made sure they were the right fit, and he gave them to that man. And they talked for a little while, and then that man was on his way. And that cobbler sat at that kitchen table and waited a little bit longer. And a few hours later, sometime after lunch, there was... There was another knock at his door, and this time it was a woman, and she was out in the cold, and she was hungry, and she hadn't eaten for two days, and so the cobbler welcomed her in to his home and, and gave her some of that bread that he had baked that morning, and they talked for a little while, and they laughed for a little while, and then he, he said goodbye, and she was on her way. More time passed, and the sun began to set, and that man was sitting at his table, and then he began to hear a young boy that was crying outside his window, and he went out to meet a young boy that had been separated from his family and didn't know his way home. And as that cobbler heard about where that young boy lived, he thought, I know where that is. And he grabbed his coat and he put it on and he, be, he took that, that little boy across town and showed him his way home. Well, by the time that cobbler got home, the sun had set and it was dark and well into the evening. And he hung up his coat and he sat back down at that kitchen table. And honestly, he was a little discouraged because he was absolutely convinced that Jesus was going to come and visit him that day. And he started to complain a little bit to God, as honestly some of us do. He said to God, why didn't Jesus come today? And it's as if he heard God whisper back, he did come. I kept my word. Three times I knocked at your friendly door. Three times my shadow fell across your floor. I was the man with the bruised feet. I was the woman you gave to eat. I was the boy on the homeless street. What can our response be? Shine the light. Because the light exposes works of unbelief, but the light also exposes works of belief. We are people of the light. And as we shine the light of Christ, as we, as we live out the very light of Christ, we are, we are showing Christ and we are revealing Christ to those around us. This week you will have opportunity, no doubt to make a difference. And you might look at that difference and think, boy, it didn't seem like much. It was just a piece of bread. It was just helping somebody find their way home. It was just a friendly conversation. But in that moment, you were representing Christ to them. He is the light, and now we have the opportunity to shine that light. Yes, the light of Christmas exposes the works of unbelief, but it also exposes the works of belief. So we who are no longer in darkness now live our lives as people of the light. The light of Jesus reveals the reality of humanity. This is the judgment. Light calls it like it is. The light of Jesus also exposes the works of unbelief because light doesn't lie. And thirdly this morning, 
the light of Jesus shows the way of salvation. Now, so far, the first two-thirds of this text have been have been negative. It's been about the darkness and the reality of the condition of humanity. But as we turn a corner here in the last third of this portion of the paragraph, we are going to see that there is the overcoming power of light, and it's in verse 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You see, truth and light describe the same thing. They both describe Jesus. On one hand, Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And on the other hand, Jesus says to Pilate, for this purpose I was born to bear witness to the truth, and everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So Jesus is both light and Jesus is truth, and both of them are the way of salvation. The way of salvation is marked by truth and by light because those two are really synonyms for the same thing. And now those of us who have come to the light and who bear witness to the truth, our works validate our relationship to the light. He says the second half of verse 21, so that it may be clearly seen, which by the way, that's what light does, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I was having a conversation this week with, with a man, and he was asking me, how do you know that somebody is truly a follower of Jesus? How do you know that somebody has truly put faith in Christ? Sometimes people come to church, and they say, well, I'm a Christian, and it's just sort of a label that they've always had, but they've never actually come to faith in Christ. And he's like, how do you, how do you determine if that's true in their life? And I was sharing some things with him about what that might look like, and as I was studying this text, I thought, well, there's another reason. There's another proof, if you will that somebody has truly come to Christ, the proof is that they are not trying to avoid the light, but they are coming to the light. They desire what the light is showing and revealing in their life. They desire the light of Scripture. They desire the light of, of the Spirit of Christ in their life. They desire the light of other Christians that are shining truth into their life. They're not running away from and pushing back against the light. They are coming to the light. And even as followers of Jesus, we know when we come to the light, some things are going to be exposed. And they may not be some things that we're super proud of, but we also know that there is freedom in the light. And that by coming to the light, there is no condemnation there in Christ, but instead there is the remedy to that problem and to that situation. So when God exposes something in our life as his followers that is sinful or that is wrong or that needs to be dealt with and removed, we know that by coming to the light, we will also have the aid and the help of the Spirit of Christ to deal with that situation in our life. So a mark, a validation of a true follower of Jesus is that they are coming to the light and it validates that they are both connected to God and that God is connected to them. He says that his works have been carried out in God. This is not a superiority complex. Christians are people of humility. We recognize if there's anything good in me, it's Jesus. But also, if there's anything good through me, it's also Jesus. And this is really the difference between verses 20 and verse 21. Look at verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. 
Now look at verse 21. But, by contrast, whoever does what is true comes to the light. The reality is that the light is available for everyone. The light is shining for everyone. The light is revealing the truth for everyone. And yet some will remain in the darkness because of unbelief. Some will remain in the darkness and they will not come to the light. They will make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to pull the covers up over my head because I don't like what this light is revealing. Not realizing that it's the light that is, that is exposing the mess that needs to be dealt with through the Savior. And so the difference is that one has not come to the light and the other has come to the light. And so Jesus is really the gift of light this Christmas season. I heard a staggering statistic this past week that American consumers have $21 billion of unspent gift cards in their junk drawers and in their glove boxes and in the bottom of their purses. $21 billion, let's with a B, folks, $21 billion of unspent gift cards. Two-thirds of all American consumers are guilty of having at least one of those gift cards. And of those two-thirds of the consumers who have the gift card that still has money on it, one half of them will never spend the total of the money on that gift card. So what that means is that someone purchased a gift, someone gave that gift, but the recipient of that gift never redeemed that gift. They never actually redeemed what was on that card. What was purchased and what was given to them has just remained on that card. You know what the truth of Christmas is for us today? The truth of Christmas is that the gift has been purchased and the gift has been given. But have you received that gift? Have you received the gift of light? You see, the entrance of God's word gives light and Jesus is the word. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the gift of this season that allows us to see that we don't have to remain in the darkness. So Jesus says in John 12, verse 46, he says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. You don't have to stay in the darkness. If you're here today and you've never put faith in Jesus, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to remain under that cloak of darkness. You can today come to the light of Christ. That light is available for you. But follower of Jesus, let me remind you that you no longer need to remain under that darkness either. You don't have to continue to live in the bondage of sin and under the bondage of darkness. You have come to the light. You have put faith in Jesus. His light is now within you, illuminating those areas of your life that maybe do need to be dealt with. And you have the grace and the kindness of your King who is going to come alongside of you and strengthen and help you in that. You do not have to remain in darkness today. The light of Christmas shows us that the way of salvation is Jesus. He is both the truth and he is the light. So here's that big idea again. Christmas is when Jesus illuminated the world. Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas without lights. As a little boy sitting on my living room floor with all of the lamps and all the regular lights turned out and just those Christmas lights shining, there was something about the warmth and the hope and the glow that those lights brought to me. But how much more does Jesus bring to us this season? The light, the comfort, the peace, and the presence of God 
with us. The light of Jesus reveals the reality of humanity. It's not, it's not good, but that's not the light's fault because the light is simply revealing and illuminating what is. The light of Jesus exposes the works of unbelief, that their, their, their works represent a lifestyle that is, that is not one of following God. But listen, the light also exposes our works of belief. And the light of Jesus shows the way of salvation. Have you come to the light this morning? The light of Christ. Have you put faith in him? As we learn to live, that really is the question that we need to ask. Have you come to the light of Christ? Has there been a moment in your life when you have, you have exited the darkness to enter into the light? The gift has been purchased. The gift has been given. But that gift must be redeemed. It must be received. It must be, it must be credited to your account. That, that creditation takes place by simple faith in Jesus. So it's not a question, have you come to church? It's not a question, have you done some spiritual things? It's not a question of, was your, was your grandmom a Christian and she, did she take you to church on Christmas Eve? This is a question of, have you put faith in Jesus individually and personally? Have you come to the light? And maybe you've resisted it. Maybe you've said no because you don't like what the light is revealing in your life. But friend, that's exactly what you need. The dirty dishes don't go away by turning the light switch off. There is a mess in our life. It is called sin. It is the brokenness of humanity. And the remedy is not to remain in the darkness. The remedy is to come to the salvation of Christ. To let him do for you what you could not do for yourself. If you've never put faith in Jesus, trust him today. Trust him. Believe that what he did was for you. And by faith, you will have your sin forgiven and you will have an eternal relationship with God trust in Jesus, but I'd also encourage you, if you're trusting him today by faith, tell someone. Maybe a friend brought you, maybe a family member, maybe a neighbor, maybe a coworker. Tell them, say, hey, today I put faith in Jesus. I trusted Jesus today. If maybe you came by yourself, you could come and tell me after the service. I would love to rejoice in that decision. I'd love to pray for you in the decision to trust Jesus, to come to the light of the truth of Christ. Trust him. If you've already put faith in Christ, then my second question for you is this. What is the light of Christ illuminating in your life? What is it, what is it exposing? As Christians, we are people of the light, which means God has full access. Nothing in our life is off limits to the light of Christ. And maybe he's been exposing something. Maybe it was in this paragraph. Maybe it's been this past week. Maybe it's through a spouse or a friend or a loved one, and they've been saying, hey, I'm sensing some things in your life that do not represent the gospel of Jesus, and through the kindness of that expression, that light is revealing something that's off in your life. What is the light revealing? Don't, don't pull the covers up over your eyes. Don't say, you know, I'm going to resist that. That is God in his kindness and God in his grace exposing some, something in your life. Let the light shine in and then go to Christ with that. Confess it and repent of it and walk in the truth of the light of Christ. What is the light of Jesus illuminating in your life? And then thirdly this morning, how are you spreading the light this season? How are you taking the light of Christ that has been placed within you and how are you spreading that light? 
It might seem insignificant like that cobbler and the shoes and the piece of bread and the boy who needed to find his way home. But through all of those acts of kindness and that generosity, what we are doing is we are demonstrating the light of Christ, not just in us, but through us. How are you spreading the light of Christ this season? Derek mentioned it in the hosting segment, but next Sunday is Christmas Eve. Christmas is one of the easiest times of the year to talk about the light of Christ. Who is somebody that you could invite to be your guest? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody that you don't right now know, but God is going to bring them into your life over the next six days. We've got some invites in the lobby. Take, take a handful of those. They're no good after next Sunday, so take them all. <laughs> Just take them. Take them and give them out to classmates and coworkers and friends and family and say, hey, would you be my guest next Sunday? We're going we're gonna to fill this room. There's going to be kids in here. It's going to be just as rowdy as your living room is going to be on Christmas Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. But it's also going to be a time of worship as we sing, as we, as we lift up the birth of Christ in wonder and worship, as we remember and recall that first coming of God. And so spread the light by inviting someone to be your guest next Sunday as we share the gospel once again and trust that as the light shines in, it will do what it does. It will reveal and it will expose, but it will also at the same time show the way of salvation to Christ. Can we pray together? Father, we are grateful. We're grateful for your word, just the simplicity of the text. Thank you for the work of your spirit. Thank you for the work of light. For those of us who've put faith in Christ, we don't remain in darkness anymore. God, I pray for that one who today has said yes to Jesus, who's put faith in you and has been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I thank you for the work of your salvation in their heart and in their life. I pray that they would tell someone. I pray that they would share that truth. God, I pray that each one of us who are walking in the light would make known and evidence that this week through the way that we live and the way that we talk and the things that we do that we would just evidence the truth of Christ. God, God may you be glorified and may, may Jesus be magnified as we live out the light of Christ. And we'll thank you for what you do. Thank you for joining us today. To find out more about City Point Church, visit us online at citypointaz.com. You can also find us on social media at CityPointAV. Be sure to leave a review, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. Now from us here at City Point Church, go seeking to live on mission for the glory of God with this truth stamped over your life that you are loved.